Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We are so grateful you have come to join us. We would love to invite you to one of our in-person services. To find out times, locations, and more about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Thank you, worship duo there. Just getting crazy up here, snapping strings and all kinds of things. It's an awesome thing. I might steal your stand there, but if I can. Um, well, it's great to, this is like, feels like opening day in a way. We've been here in this building, in this location now for um, three weeks. Uh, and, and it's awesome. Does it feel like home? Does it feel good? I think it feels good. Obviously, there's still a work in progress in different places. And, um, but we just welcome you in this place. We're so thankful for what God's doing in the community and how far He's brought us and how He's continuing to, to bring us into different places. If it's your first time here with us today, very, very special welcome to you. My name's Stephen. Uh, my wife and I get the privilege of being the location pastors here. Brittany's in the kids area at the moment. I don't know if you can hear the kids. Oh, actually, you can't. It's not too bad. I, was, I thought it was going to be like echoey, but they must be in that moment. They're, they're, in a very, they're being still and knowing that God's back there as well. Let's, let's pray it stays that way. No, we love our kids program. One of the most important areas of the church for us is caring and providing an amazing space for the kids. Um, and I know everyone would agree, so we're continuing to do that. But Brittany and I uh, get yeah, that privilege of being the location pastors here. And this is a new thing for us, being in our own permanent space where we don't have to pack down every week. We don't have to pack up. And um, expect to see some changes in this place over the next couple of weeks. There's a few things that are still happening, but we didn't want to wait till everything was perfect because guess what? Two things. Um, you don't need a place to be perfect to worship God, and a place will never be perfect anyway. Um, so we just wanted to get in and get going, but you'll see some changes over the next couple of weeks. We want to put a little platform in here so we can see those who are leading worship in place. We're going to get a more permanent screen presence. We are going to do some soundproofing and some rearranging. So uh, especially if it's your first time and, and you see anything here today that might seem out of place, come back and see if it's still out of place next week or the week after. And then if you do, let us know about it so we can do that. But last week I started uh, a little two-part series on prayer. Last week, I talked about the purpose of prayer, and this week, I want to talk about the practice of prayer. And I know this is something that's been stirring in us as a, com a community and in me uh, personally, is that wanting and seeking after deeper levels of prayer and intimacy with God. And so I'm going to do a little recap from last week um, to catch us up if you weren't here, or uh, just to kind of remind us of last week, the, the purpose of prayer, I wanted us to rethink and, and maybe uh, reconsider what is the actual purpose of prayer anyway. Why do we pray? Is it to get answers? Is it to, to move mountains? Is it because it's something we're just meant to do as Christians or as people, uh, wherever you're at here today? Uh, I challenge us to consider that maybe the purpose of prayer is not just to get an answer. Maybe the purpose of prayer isn't just to get something done, but maybe the ultimate primary purpose of prayer is actually intimacy with God. And out of a place of intimacy with God is where our, our answers can come, the breakthrough can come. But the primary purpose of prayer is actually to be intimate with God through the difficulties, through the unanswered prayers. Anyone have a, ever felt like they've had a prayer unanswered or it's not answered the way you are? Oh, just, just me up here. Just the pastor here today is that one. That's okay. Pastor confessional time again. <laughs> Sometimes we feel like our prayers aren't answered or it's taking a very long time. And, and maybe though, if we step back and go, what is the purpose of prayer and having a prayer life and to go with God anyway? If the answer isn't the primary purpose, but the primary purpose is intimacy with God, it changes things. It shifts how we practice prayer. It shifts what we do in prayer. And that's what we're going to look at a little bit more to, today is if we, the purpose of prayer is intimacy with God, well, that actually affects how we practice our prayer life. Does anybody want to level up in their prayer life? Does anybody feel like they want a freshness? Yeah, good. A few of us in here, I know I do. I shared last week that last year for me was one of the most hardest times in my life of personal prayer I've ever had. 
and it, it was difficult. It was a struggle. I had an easy time praying for you all here as a church. I had an easy time praying for my kids and praying for others and believing for things. But to just get into my prayer closet and have intimate time with God was very, very hard. And I know I'm the only one who's experienced that. But the Lord is reteaching me, and in the last few months of the last year, I think I've, I'm learning to pray again in that secret place. So let me start off with the scriptures here. Uh, and, and this is the, I have two passages of scripture we're focusing on this two weeks. So Philippians 4, the apostle Paul, writing his letter, makes his statement in verse 5, the Lord is near. I love that. We looked at that last week. The Lord is near. The first position, the first place in prayer that we need to recognize is that the Lord is near. He's close by. Our prayer isn't trying to get God close. God is already close. Therefore, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, every situation, you know, you look in the Greek, the original language, at what this translates, and you're going to be fascinated by what it says. This term here, every situation, you look at the Greek language, it means every situation. And it means everything. What do you mean every? Can I pray about anything? Anything and everything we are to bring to the Lord by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present our requests to God. And then, so the Lord's close. Out of that place we pray in every situation. And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So again, last week I encouraged us the purpose of prayer. This week, the practice of prayer. Prayer is not just about getting, although we do get stuff in prayer. It's not just about moving mountains. It's not just about praying in tongues, though I believe in our spiritual language. It's not just summoning up miracles, though it's in prayer and intimacy with God where miracles are released. One of the great um, things uh, that we see the disciples do through the scripture is they've seen Jesus deliver demons. They've seen Jesus as he's walking on the earth, healing and miraculous things take place. And they don't ask, Lord, teach us to heal people. They don't ask, Lord, teach us to drive out demons. They say, Lord, teach us to pray. And I believe it's because the disciples recognize that those things flow out of intimacy with the Father. Prayer. When we know the purpose of prayer, intimacy with God, that leads us into the practice of prayer. So we want to look at one of the scriptures, uh, that, again, that we looked at last week, the Lord's Prayer. And I want to give us some really practical stuff in our prayer life this week. We're running a group at the moment. That's what I wanted to say as well. The amazing thing that's been happening in the community is now that we don't just meet on a Sunday for four hours and then have to pack everything down, um, we're already seeing this place utilized for amazing things. So Wednesday night, we're running a Practicing the, um, the Way group. Does, who remembers Practicing the Way when we ran that? Yeah, last season. This season is, is going to be on prayer. We're running it Wednesday nights, seven o'clock, Turn up a little early if you'd like some um, food and some fellowship. But the, the video starts at 7 and we jump into discussion. Come on out to practice in, the, practice in the way prayer. Just come on out. Like even if you can only make one of the ones this year, come on out. This is a four-week thing. We can make all the excuses. And I, and I know I do it myself to not come. But if we want to level up in our prayer and there's an opportunity, why don't you come on out? We're learning about the practice of prayer. And it's an amazing thing. So Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, I hope to see you here. Um, and then also on Thursdays, uh, there's a, a ladies group running at the moment. Hello, ladies. They're meeting on Thursday morning. If you want to find out more, you can talk to Jenna here or, or Maureen who comes as well and is, is helping with that. Brittany, um, find out more. But that is on Thursday morning at 9? 9.30. And every, everyone's welcome um, other than men. <laughs> so come on out. It'll be awesome. We're already able to use the facility for more than just the Sunday morning, although this is important that we gather together. Hey, I want to read us, uh, talk to us about the Lord's Prayer today. And in the practice of prayer, it's important that we're practicing prayer. Now, what do I mean by practice? Uh, I mean practice. Prayer is something that we practice. Uh, if you ask a doctor how long they've been doing something, how long have you been in the field where they've been practicing for a certain amount of time? Well, what's with that? I don't want to go to a doctor who's just practicing. I want the finished product. Well, we're always practicing and always learning and always studying. And that's the same with our prayer. As we practice prayer, that's how we actually learn to pray. That's a very simple thing today. If you want to learn how to pray, you want to relaunch your prayer life, this is how we do it. We pray. 
you have to be praying. That's how we learn. But there's some things in the Word of God around that. In the practice of prayer, we bring our requests to God. We lament to God. We surrender to God. We align with God. We intercede on behalf of others in our prayer. We access gifts from the Lord, and we are invited to hear His voice. Now, not a booming voice from the heavens. I haven't in my prayer time experienced that maybe you have where the the clouds part and a beam comes down from heaven and a big baritone voice actually speaks to you. I don't find that it's not that kind of voice, but we're invited to hear the whisper of the Lord, the spiritual voice of God in our prayers, the wind that, that blows when we actually are intimate with Him and quiet. And so drop that expectation, although you can uh, pray and desire the booming voice, but I actually think God speaks when we quieten our hearts and be still in prayer before Him. The invitation and the practice of prayer gives us access to the voice of God. In the practice of prayer, we deal with root issues that can't get dealt with any other way. What do I mean by that? Take our fears, take our anxieties, take our hate, take our lust, take our selfishness, take, take sin that comes up in our life. And in the prayer closet, in the intimacy with God, He actually deals with the root issue and not the symptom. Do you know what I'm saying? See, we could change our behavior all we want and, and modify the symptom, the action. But if we don't fix the root issue and cause of some of these things, then it's pointless. I don't know if you've ever um, done the weeding uh, on, on your front lawn or anything like that. But the thing about a weed is if you just take the top of that weed off and you don't deal with the root, guess what? A few days later, you come back and that weed's there again. Oh, I can't stand weeds. But that's the same with us and our, our issues that we all face. If we don't actually uproot from the root issue, and that can be painful and that can be uncomfortable at times, but we do that in prayer and God isn't trying to inflict pain on us. He is actually out of love for us, uprooting the issue and dealing with it at the bottom, the root of it. But if we don't actually have time in prayer to, for Him to deal with that, it won't happen and you'll struggle. And I believe some of us today are actually struggling with a behavior that we don't want to have and maybe it's been months, maybe it's been years and you haven't been able to deal with it, but the Lord wants to get it at the root and not just the action because it's not our actions before the Lord that make us justified. It's Christ and Christ in us and in that freedom we get from sin, He wants to uproot that root issue today. We're going to pray for that at the serv- end of service today. But it's in prayer we deal with with the root issue. My intro is nearly over. Don't worry, guys. But I, I hear this question so often, and I've had this myself. What's the will of God for my life? Does anyone ever wonder that? Like, I thought that would go away after I was a teenager. It's like, what is God's purpose for my life? It seems to never go away. But here in the Scripture, it's a very simple thing we get in one First uh, Thessalonians 5, verse 16 to 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What's the will of God for each of our lives, for you and I, is to be rejoicing and to pray without ceasing. Why would the will of God be to pray and have a prayer life and intimacy with Him? Because out of that place of prayer, His will is for us to pray because that is where we find the will of God. Here's the challenge that I'm taking this year and I want to invite you into. Practice prayer. Practice prayer. Can I hear you say that? Practice prayer. Practice prayer. Practice prayer. Practice makes perfect? No, it doesn't. That's not true. Whoever made up that saying is wrong. But practice is how we learn and get better and grow, and that includes the area of prayer. Martin Luther says, to pray well is the better half of study. I love that. Mother Teresa says, souls without prayer are like people whose limbs are paralyzed. They possess the parts but can't control them. And Thomas S. S. Monson says, we learn to pray by praying. Let's see what Jesus says and the action steps he invites us to take in the Lord's Prayer. And when you pray, this is Jesus speaking to the crowds, you must not be like the hypocrites. And when you pray, not if you pray, when you get around to praying, not like that one time you pray when you need me, but when you pray. Jesus' assumption is that followers of him will be prayers. When you pray, uh, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, 
Go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Jesus is speaking of a private prayer life. He is not dismissing the corporate gathering of prayer. And when we pray together, um, so when we have prayer meetings, come on out. Jesus isn't saying, but he's saying there's more than just praying like that. There's actually a secret place of intimacy. There's a secret place where no one's around, where it's just God and us, where we get to pray and be intimate with him. There's a prayer life that unlocks secrets, that's done in a secret place, that's done in consistency that we are invited to be a part of. That's the prayer that Jesus is looking for in our lives. And when you pray, verse 7, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard by their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. What's Jesus saying there? If you're a chatterbox and you use lots of words, you're in the wrong. No, he's saying he's in a time and he's speaking. And actually the crowd that he would have been speaking to were the guys and gals that society, the religious crowd had said weren't worthy of prayer. They couldn't pray. They didn't know the language. They didn't have the right things. The, the, they didn't have the training. They didn't have the teaching. And Jesus is saying, hey, none of that matters. What matters is intimacy with God. And here's some tips and here's some way, here's a simple prayer that you could pray because it's not about the outward, it's about the inward. It's not about having the right accreditations. Nobody's disqualified from a secret place and a prayer time with God. And Jesus is bringing that to the people who all their life have been told that they weren't good enough to pray, that they weren't worthy of prayer, that they needed someone else to pray. And Jesus is coming and saying to no, 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 you can pray. You can do this. That's the desire of God is for each of us to pray. In our marriages, it's not just one spouse who's the spiritual person and the other one's not. In our friendships, it's not just that person who knows the right words, but it's the quiet person as well. In our church, it's not just the person who's been, was born in a church baptismal, but it's also the brand new Christian who's just walked in the door. We all have the ability and access to pray. And Jesus encourages us and wants us to push in into our prayer. In verse 9, he says, Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, this is known as the Lord's Prayer, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Powerful prayer. A well-known prayer. Who's, who's heard that prayer or read that prayer before? Yeah. You know, I got an embarrassing story about me and the Lord's Prayer. Um, some of you guys know my story. Some, some of you don't. You may have recognized I'm from Australia. Don't judge me for that. Jeremiah, am I right? Um, and, uh, but I was, uh, I was born in a place called Tasmania, and I didn't grow up. I, I grew up in a, a Christian family. I didn't grow up in a church-going family. Um, we knew the general concepts of the Scripture, but we didn't know the Scripture. I love my family, and they were amazing in so many ways. But we didn't grow up with a with a Christianity that was alive and active and and um, in faith. And as a teenager, I got radically saved at a revival that was taking place in a small town youth group at a C3 church there. Um, and my life changed forever. And I didn't have the words. I didn't know the scriptures. I didn't know the theology. What I knew is I met Jesus. And he took off shame from my life. He, he poured, poured identity and continues to pour identity into, into me. And I had an experience where I even tried to resist coming forward to the altar and giving my life to the Lord, but my hand was up in the air, gave my life to Jesus, and I came on fire for Him. That doesn't mean it's been perfect ever since, but I felt like I had a bungee cord on me from that day forward where even if I wanted to run away from God, I wasn't getting anywhere. I don't know if anybody can relate to that feeling. Um, and, it was a, and everybody in the town and everybody in my school knew that this took place, that, uh, that lost me a couple friends, gained me a few different friends, but I was on fire for Jesus in, in that moment. And, but people knew I was the, the, the new kid on the block being a Christian. A couple years into this, uh, I, was, I was the school captain. Um, I'm not sure what even translates school-wise here. Um, school's a little different in Australia, grade 7 to 10. 
grade 10, you have a school captain. I was the, the school captain, or as I like to call it, the El Presidento of the school council. Um, and one of our responsibilities was to go to joint things with other schools, you know, like a memorial service, a, a Veterans Day service, these kind of things. And I found myself in front of thousands of people um, many of who knew I was a Christian and many of the people on stage with me who were not Christian. And at the start of the service, we were asked to lead the Lord's Prayer. And we're, I wasn't the only one. We we're all there together. And so I'm standing up with these people and started reciting the Lord's Prayer. I mean, we all know the first line of the Lord's Prayer, right? Everyone knows that. So I got by that, our Father in heaven. And then everybody's looking and then all of a sudden, mind blank. So it kind of went like, our Father in heaven, hallowed be on. And my people both side of me who were captains from different schools were starting to giggle. They knew it. They were reciting the prayer perfectly. And I'm in front of everybody who a lot of people knew that I was the Christian guy. I was the one, and I couldn't even say the Lord's Prayer. And it was an amazing thing. Anyway, pointless story. Other than... Uh, you know, and so then the, afterwards, I was chatting to my friend there, my new friend, who was one of the um, the girls from the other school who was a captain, and, and she was like, oh, you couldn't even say the Lord's Prayer. I thought you were the Christian laughing at me. I knew it, and I didn't even go to church. And I looked at her and very lovingly said, shut up. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I probably said like, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, what's your MSN handle? That was like our version, MSN Messenger, of like, DM me, what's your Instagram handle? Like, and we exchanged numbers. We became good friends after that. That was an embarrassing experience with the Lord's Prayer. Um, God's redeemed that for me. And I've learned so much about the Lord's Prayer since that moment where I couldn't recite it in front of so many people. But often, we rely on the reciting and, and just reading the Scripture and the prayer in, in different forms of Christianity, and it loses its power in our lives. Now, I'm someone who's praised the Lord's Prayer word for word every day. I, I believe in liturgy, but it's like a song on the radio. Have you ever connected with a song on the radio and you're singing someone else's lyrics, but it seems to be speaking right from your heart? And there's power in that. That's what liturgy and reading and, and, and uh, written prayers can do for us as well. Just like we connect to the song, we can actually connect to this prayer and pray it and make it our own prayer. But in 2019, uh, Brittany and I um, got the great privilege of going to a masterclass in Australia with the founder of, of C3. Many of you would know Pastor Phil Pringle. And it was 15 of us, and we were, it was kind of an intense um, experience in a great way. It changed our life uh, forever. But one of the things we were doing was to pray an hour every morning, 5.30 in the morning, with Pastor Phil leading prayer. And it's going to be an hour. And all that we got told is that we're going to be praying the Lord's Prayer for an hour every morning. And so I'm going in like, what, Pastor Phil, what are you thinking? What's going on here? I know, I know better and blah, 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 blah. And what's this going to be? But it, Pastor Phil applies in his life. And Pastor Phil's um, amazing. He's not a perfect person. None of us are. I love about C3 is that we don't put people on a pedestal. And that's a part of our culture here. Please, 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 Lord, never let us leaders and, and pastors be on a pedestal that we're not meant to be. Accountability, yes, and you're meant to keep us accountable, but, but we're just people too, and we have imperfections and different quirks, but he's an amazing man. He actually prophesied over this place for us um, about four things uh, of in the future when C3 Central finds its permanent location, and four things are fulfilled in this building that he prophesied. I'm going to share that in a couple of weeks um, when we have Vision Sunday. And so he's an amazing man that inspires me, has a great prayer life. But I'm like, you just pray the Lord's Prayer over and over for an hour? What's going on? But what he did was we got together and used the Lord's Prayer as a, a launching pad to pray for an hour together every morning. That's what I'm going to urge us to do and break down a bit, that if we're finding our prayer lifestyle and we don't know how to pray, Jesus is giving us a template, not just to recite, but actually to launch off to intimacy with God with. So how do we do that? We'd come together and we'd simply go through the prayer, but we would, we would by the Spirit, be led in that way. So the Lord's Prayer starts with our Father in heaven. Well, what is that? That's, that's a recognition. Um, that's worship. That's adoration for God. So we would then launch into adoration and worship of God. I'm going to break this down in a minute. We would take lines and launch off. And it changed the way that I've implemented this prayer into my prayer life. And I want to pass that on in the next few minutes to give us some practical steps of using the Lord's Prayer. Is that, is that cool? Are we okay with that here today? 
And this may be, my prayer is, my hope is that for those who have been praying all their life and have a great prayer life, this might just help bring a fresh aspect. Or maybe if you've stalled in your prayer life because of disappointments and frustrations or not even know if it's worthwhile, this would be a great relaunch. Maybe you've never prayed, but this could be something, a template to help you find that. We find that in, in Matthew 6, verse 5, was it? Yeah. Um, so how does Jesus start off this prayer? Our Father. Now, that might seem like a simple thing, but that statement that Jesus is making is revolutionary in the culture and the context of the day. And even in our day is still. Because you see, people knew God as God. Uh, God had been used as a, our, God as a father figure. Is, we do find it in the Old Testament. It's not, not present. But to actually personally relate in our prayer to the God of the universe, the Creator, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Mighty One, the Magnificent, as, as Abba, which is the word, is, is Father, was shocking. Shocking that that would take place. That would have shocked the religious people of the day because that's, that's not how they would pray. They would think that it was their many words and their many things that would bring them before God. But for Jesus to start off and for us to start off our prayer life like this, Father, Father. You're not far off, you're not away, but you're actually in relationship as my father. That's mind-blowing, and I don't think we, including me, truly understand the weight of that, that we can relate to God as a father. Maybe in your life you didn't have a great father, you don't have a great father, you have an absent father, you never got to see your father, your father was lacking something. Our God is the perfect father. And so picture that perfect relationship between kids and a father, that intimate relationship where when the kid, you know, I love about my, my kids that they can be totally off doing something that I told them not to do. I mean, parents, right? Like, and climbing something like 40 stories high, they shouldn't be at the playground. And I've said, hey, you might get hurt if that happens. And then when they fall down and get hurt, after doing something that I, I told them not to do, they don't run away. They run to me when they're in their pain. That's a picture of us. Hey, how many times do we not listen to God, get hurt? But then the picture is, as a father, we can run back into his arms, not run away. Our, that that our, if we're experiencing what feels like a, a discipline or a, an area of our life that God's sharpening, we can go, oh, this isn't God punishing me. This is a father teaching me. Our Father in heaven, we need to pray, pray that out. Hallowed be your name. So in our prayer, we, we worship. Prayer, in many ways, is, is, is a form of worship. Hallowed be your name. What does that mean? Holy be your name. Reverence be your name. Uh, your name is different. You're, you're our Father. You're intimate. You're with us, but you're also not us. You are holy and perfect and magnificent, so I will worship you. I will take my rightful place as the created product from a holy creator. And we do that in our prayer life as well. Are you guys with me today? I hope this, I'm trying to give us some practical steps in our prayer. When we get back and we go, I don't know what to pray. Well, this is what we can do. We can, we can worship. We can bestow our adoration upon God, and we can we can praise him. Psalm 46, we referenced this before, says, be still and know that I am God. Something that I think we, we miss uh, in Jesus's prayer life is stillness. We miss it in worship as well, is being still. Jesus, last week we looked at six passages where Jesus went off and was alone with God, went to the mountain and prayed, went to solitude and prayed in his private prayer life. And, and if we're uh, brought up uh, in the last maybe 30 years and we're familiar with um, charismatic style of church expression of which I proudly am a part of, we could think that that means talk, talk, talk and hype, hype, hype. But actually many of those moments I believe would have been Jesus just being still before God. Think about it, he's praying for hours during the night, even the best of us can't talk for hours and hours. We actually need to step back and be still in worship. Maybe in our prayer life, that adoration, that worship, that praise, yes, it's putting on a worship track. Yes, it's praising God literally and, and using our words. But maybe in your prayer life this week, why don't you just be still before God? One minute. I challenge you one minute a day, if you don't do this already, to just stop and be still, just you and God.
You can do this in the busyness of the lunchroom at, at your university or the, in your car as you're having lunch. You've escaped the office and the craziness, and you can just be still before God and know that He's God and worship you. And in that place, that's a form of worship and adoration and prayer in our life. There's so many other things we can do in that. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, we are told to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. If prayer is the portal to intimacy with God, we enter the portal with thanksgiving and praise in our prayers. Hallowed be your name. So in our prayers, let's put in Jesus is saying, use your prayer time as a time to just adore and worship and recognize that God is God and he is good. Uh, The next line says, your kingdom come and your will be done as it is. Uh, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Prayer time is about aligning with God's will in our life. It's not just about asking what we think that we might need to get. It's actually about finding out what God wants to do and then asking those prayers and aligning with that. Easier said than done, right? But Jesus is saying, the invitation, we're to invite God to come down and we're to actually in the prayer and in the wrestle is where we quieten our flesh and our desires and our needs and our opinion of how things should be. And we actually align with heaven on earth and release that in our lives. That's the possibility. That's what we get to experience in prayer. That's the invitation. That's intercession. That's alignment. That's surrender. I got to keep moving here, but... Um, Give us today our daily bread. If you're uh, gluten-free, if you're ketogenic, this might, you might struggle with this barrier of daily bread. But this is talking about our needs, our provision. God wants us to ask for things that we need and want. That's okay. I feel like today there's some of us who are going on all extremes and we can all get there where it's like we only ask and we're only asking in prayer, but others of us have believed a lie that says you're not allowed to ask. How dare I ask from God? Jesus encourages us to ask for our bread. I don't think you need financial miracles and breakthrough. Ask God for that. You need relationship restoration. Are you asking God for that? You need healing in your life. Are you asking God for that? First, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 says, This is the confidence that we have towards Him, that if we ask for anything according to His will, He hears us. That's reassuring. Luke 11, verse 9, And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. John 14, verse 13 and 14, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. We are to ask God for our needs. Now, before we get ahead of ourselves, what does that mean? Because has anyone asked God of something and it didn't come out like we said? I have. Has anybody ever um, thought that, uh, well, God's not just a, um, what do you call those machines that I'm blanking right now that shoot out candy, you put money in a slot machine or whatever it is where we just go, oh, I'd like this, dun, 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 enter. Oh, one plus two equals three, I have my answer. Or Ikea instruction step where you put the furniture together and ta-da, you have the furniture piece. That's not how God is, but he wants us to ask. What can we ask? It says if we ask anything, it will happen, but that doesn't quite align up. Well, you gotta look at the language and the context of what's going on and the purpose of prayer. Because in Jesus' name, in those prayer and, and um, whatever we ask, let me go back to it. Um, whatever you ask, it will be given to you. Seeking you will find. Knock, it will be open. Uh, anything according to His will. And whatever you ask in my name, do have the condition that we are seeking and looking at what God would actually have for us. And how do we find that? We find that through intimacy with Him. It all comes back to prayer being the portal to intimacy with God. Out of intimacy with God, we pray the prayers, we ask the ask, and the ones that align with God's will, He will do because He is doing something great in our lives and on the earth today. And as much as we feel like we're the main event and we're the main purpose and we're the main thing of the story, we actually are invited to plug into God's story and what He's doing on the earth today. And it's the greatest privilege. So how does that affect our prayers? Well, consider, 
Again, I'm saying that we should ask for things. Everybody clear on that? I'm saying ask away, but let's go in. And rather than maybe asking God, hey, God, can I have that job that I see, that dream job? What if before that step of which we should do, we step back and we ask God, God, is that the job you want for me? What if before we pray for that husband or we pray for that wife and say, Lord, would you get that person to ask me on a date? Again, not a bad thing to ask and, and, and many of us are laughing, but probably secretly there's more of us who have asked that than we'd like to admit. What if we ask, God, is that actually the person that you would want me to date? See the shift when we realize that the portal of prayer is intimacy with God and the practice? It's actually about aligning with His will and His needs and His things for our life. But we should ask. I think it's Luke 8, chapter 1. Sorry, Luke chapter 8, verse 1 to 8. Um, they won't have it on the screen. Um, there's a, a parable that Jesus tells about uh, the persistent widow. And this persistent widow, she's a, she's a widow in a, in a place and a time where there's a judge ruling over the, the community who's not just. He's, he's unjust. He doesn't care about the people. He's just collecting a paycheck. And he's actually cruel. And it says that this um, widow is persistent in what she's doing. And she up to the courthouse, knock, knock, knock. Hey, I need this. I want this. I want this justice. And he says, go away. Get out of here. You're not going to get that from me. And then so the next day, she runs up to the courthouse. Knock, 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 goes in and persists and persists and persists until eventually, eventually, the judge relents and purely out of her persistence and annoyance, he ends up giving her what she wants. Now, the purpose of this parable um, isn't that we annoy God with our prayers and he just eventually relents. But Jesus does tell us the purpose of the parable in here. It says in verse 1, Then Jesus told his disciples this parable to show them that they should always pray and never give up. So we're actually are meant to be persistent in our prayer. It goes on in verse uh, 7, after eventually the judge says, um, uh, gives relents and says, just to get you out of the way, old lady, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send, send you away and, and let it happen, goes on to say, uh, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, the Son of Man comes, he will find faith on the earth. God is saying, hey, be persistent in prayer, ask in prayer. And if even in this story, the, the judge relents and gives out of annoyance, how much more will God, who's a good, good father, answer our prayers if we persist and pray? Not out of cruelty, but out of a love for us and a growing and a wrestle in our prayer life. So we are to ask in our prayers. The, the next line, got to get going here. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. God, through Christ Jesus, has fully forgiven you for every wrong, every mistake you've ever made, anyone that you're making currently, and any that you will in the future. Are we only forgiven if we ask for it? I believe not. I believe the power of the cross forgives all of our sin and all of our shame, and we're set free in that. But... The Bible encourages us and asks us to, as a result of forgiveness, we got to ask and be thankful for that forgiveness. You know, there's lots of things that my sons, um, they, they could get from me knowing that I'm their dad and that they just have a right to that. I, I give them food at nighttime and stuff. But we still encourage them as presents, uh, as, as presents, as they are presents. They're gifts from God, my boys, <laughs> just angels, absolute angels. Lord, help me with these boys. Um, but... Uh, you know, um, they could come up, they could help themselves to the, to the cupboard and, and everything like that. But, but we ask and we teach, hey, hey, even though as a part of the family, that's your right, the polite thing is to ask. The polite thing is to receive. We use manners, considerations. Just because we've received forgiveness from God, let's not take that for granted, but let's ask for forgiveness from God. And he clears us. And it says in that, as we have forgiven our debtors. I think that's interesting. Jesus' assumption is that if you're asking for forgiveness, you've um, forgiven those that hold anything against you. Oh, why do you have to put that in there, Jesus? Can't I just receive your forgiveness in prayer and be thankful for it without forgiving others? That's not in the Lord's Prayer. But he says it, it's past tense. Present tense, forgive us our debts. Lord, we're praying. 
and we're asking for forgiveness of the things we've done wrong, the, the debts that we have, the eternal debt, and also those things that we've just wrong. As we also have, it goes from forgive us our debts currently to have forgiven our debtors. There's a lesson in that. But I've found it's actually through prayer that I can take the words of saying that I forgive someone and actually forgive them. And it's so often in that time of prayer when I'm receiving God's forgiveness, He reminds me and releases me to be able to forgive others that have done wrong against me. We use our prayer time to pray and receive the forgiveness of our sins, but actually in that moment, it's an opportunity to release those that we're holding in bondage towards us because of wrongs, because of things they've done. Yeah, legitimate, justifiable things that they've done wrong to you, full stop, no excuse, nothing. And guess what? The instruction of the Lord is that we would forgive them. That's hitting someone today. And maybe it's hitting a few of us that maybe we're holding on to unforgiveness the Lord would want us to release. And not even for their sake, but for your sake, he'd like you to release forgiveness today. Let's sail around that. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus is, is talking warfare and strengthening and where to pray because we do live and the reality that there's an enemy who wants to do damage to us, there's hurt in the world, and hurting people hurt people. A hurting world hurts people. So there's that, there's things that we do to ourselves that hurt ourselves. But we're to pray for strength and protection against the evil one that we won't be led into temptation in this time. So what do we see in the Lord's Prayer? I know this is a little teachy today, more maybe than normal, but I'm trying to give us very practical steps. Next time that you say, I'm gonna commit to prayer, I'm gonna try it again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dust off the, the prayer closet, I'm gonna jump back into it, and then you begin to pray, and you're like, ah, praying and praying, and it feels like your sweat pouring off your brow, and you've been praying for what feels like hours, and then you look at your watch, and it's been two minutes, and you go, whoa, what do I pray now? Adoration and worship needs, alignment and surrender to God, strength and warfare, forgiveness. The Lord is giving us some launching pads to use and then to allow the Spirit to teach us and kick in and to lead us in our prayer. Amen? That works. I hope that's practical today. We had, uh, we might have the worship team come back up. Um, even with a broken string, Leslie, you'll do it. You'll make it work. We had a young lady who uh, earlier in the years of um, C3 East Village, when we were called that, then we changed to C3 Central, and now we're back in East Village, but we're going to keep the name C3 Central because we believe God's calling us to the city, not just East Village and this downtown area, but I was tempted to bring out some of the old signs and things just for the fun of it that say C3 East Village on it, vintage, the vintage collection. In the earlier days, we saw a young lady who, like me, didn't have a church background, didn't have a prayer background. She came into one of our services. One of her friends came. She'd never given her life to Jesus. Um, and in that moment, she felt moved. She wanted a relationship with God. And maybe that's you here today, and, and you don't even know what I've been talking about half the time because it's been church language and Bible language. But you're actually feeling God doing something on your heart today. In a couple moments, there'll be an invitation if you'd like to place your faith in Jesus, which is the starting point of an amazing relationship with Him, where all the shame and all the past and all the history can be dealt with and done away with once and for all. And you can step into your created purpose of how God created you, where it doesn't matter what people have said about you. It doesn't matter um, where you've been and what you've done and what you've had done to you, that you're in connection with your Father again. I, I'd love to lead you in that prayer later. But this young lady gave her life. And then after a few weeks um, went by, Brittany and I, uh, met up with her, brand new Christian. And, and guys, I want to see those days again where every week we're seeing people meet Jesus. Not because I, it makes me feel good, but that's our call to the city, to not keep this treasure just to ourselves, but actually to, to bring other people along on the journey. But it only happens if we're willing to invite our friends, invite our workmates, invite our schoolmates, invite our family members who don't know Him to share through your life, but also to share through the community. And I believe this year, if we'd step out and you'd invite someone to one of our services or one of our small groups or just get to know them better and start to share Jesus, that you will see their life transformed. And that's the desire of what we do here. Let's never lose track that we are here for lost people because we are lost people that God's found and brought home. But she, after a few weeks, we met with her and she said, yeah, I've been trying this prayer thing, but it's really not working. 
It's not working out. I said, well, what do you do? She said, well, I saw it on a movie once that I was meant to build a little kind of thing at our house. So I put some candles up and some nice decoration. And this is awesome if this works for you. And she said, uh, I put a nice mat down on the ground because this is what I saw on the TV show. And I put my knees down on it. I lit the candles and I started like making like a hum sound. And, and it's just not doing anything for me. It's just not working. And it was beautiful to see that heart of someone who, um, because I relate to it so much, didn't have the church background, didn't have it, but just had a heart to try to seek after God. And she was just baffled why prayer wasn't working. We were able to teach her, hey, like that's not the point of prayer. It's not the action of prayer. It's the purpose of intimacy with God. And if that doesn't work for you, why don't you just try just talking to God? Why don't you go for a walk? Around you. Do you like walking? This girl liked hiking and doing things. Why don't you go for a hike with God and just start to give Him thanks? What do you mean? I don't have to have an altar at home and I don't have to sit and pray and hum. No, 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 no. Pray what you got. What have you got today? Pray it. What are you going through today? Just speak it. Start talking to God. It's a relationship, it's not an action. My point today what is my point today, Lord? My point today is pray where you're at and pray what you've got. Use the Lord's Prayer as a template, but not as a religious structure. But if you're going through a period where all you can do is come to the Lord and just say, God, I'm afraid. And I don't know why. God, I'm hurting and I'm disappointed. And I, and I feel let down by you, God. Lord, I'm joyous. And I don't have much to say other than I want to give thanks to you today. Lord, I don't know how we're going to pay the bills this week. Lord, I've been believing for that miracle. I've been believing for that thing. What what am I doing? What's going on? What are you doing in my life? We just are called to pray where we're at and what we're gone. Don't get caught up on a religious structure. Let's use principles of the Word of God. I recommended the podcast um, praying like monks, living like fools last week in the book that I've been reading on prayer. It talks about intercession. It talks about contemplation. It talks about techniques in prayer. It talks about all these things. These are all tools for us to have intimacy with God. A tool can be a, um, a great thing or it can be a hindrance. And if you're trying to use things that are hindering you from intimacy with God because you think it's meant to look that way, my encouragement as a pastor of this church would be to drop those things for now. And just be with God. Pray where you're at. Pray what you got. Don't pray, don't try to pray like me. Don't try to pray like Lyndon. Don't try to pray like Jean. Don't try to pray like Caitlin. Just pray what your God and where you're at. And out of that, allow the Spirit to teach us. This lady came back a few weeks later after realizing that she didn't have to get down on the altar and pray in a way that she wasn't designed to pray. And she made this amazing statement. She said, I still don't get all of it. I still don't get everything. I still don't know all the scriptures. I still don't even know if I'm praying is right, but this is what has changed. I feel the presence of God when I pray. That's it. That's what it's about. So guys, let's practice prayer. Let's be a church that prays. I believe if, if we're not following, if we're following Christ and we're not praying, we're simply staying where we're at. We need to pray. Prayer cannot be learned without doing it. So don't wait. Start or restart today. The takeaway today, the challenge and the benediction, the encouragement or the action step is why not use the Lord's Prayer this week as a launching pad in your prayer time? Not just to recite it. Again, I do that every day. But to launch off each line in the prayer into your own conversation and time with the Lord. Be led by the Spirit who teaches us to pray if we let Him. And even if all you can do this week is muster up one of those lines, our Father, or hallowed be Your name, or Your kingdom come, or Your will be done, out on earth as it is in heaven, or give us our daily bread for You. If, even if you can just take one of those lines each day and use that as a launching pad in your prayer life, I believe things will change for you and you'll feel the shift and that God will start to blow the wind and stir prayer up again in your life. Amen? So let's just stand in this place as we close today. We're going to start a different series next week on on worship. The two things that the Lord is stirring in our midst, and I know it not just because I've um, experienced it, but so many of you guys have said to me as well, that this is a year for C3 Central to develop prayer 
and to, to develop worship in our culture. So we're gonna look at worship and praise and worship over the next couple of weeks. We're gonna continue to change things in this place. But in this moment, if you wanna commit today to putting prayer into practice and leveling up in your prayer, again, like last week, why don't we just put our hands up before the Lord and I'll pray that for all of us. You're just agreeing that the Lord's stirring prayer in you and you wanna commit to that practice and, and, not, and not just the have the theory of prayer but the practice of prayer yeah I knew God's stirring stuff in us Holy Spirit we thank you Lord Holy Spirit we thank you we look to you now Lord we've heard your word Lord but we don't just want to hear your word we want to experience it and respond to it so today Lord God I thank you I'm here with my hands out in front of me as well and and declaring and committing to practicing prayer Lord I don't want to do life without you I don't want to just know information about you Lord but I actually want intimacy with you Lord so we thank you for the privilege, we thank you for the created tool of prayer that you've given us, that we can actually be in communication and relationship with you, Lord. That we can have intimacy with you, our Father. And around this room today, we, we, we're honest with you, God. We have some disappointments in our prayers. And we have some frustrations in our prayers today, Lord. And we have some confusion in our prayers. And maybe even at times we've given up, but we recommit today that it's not about getting the answer. It's about getting intimacy with you. So teach us to pray, Holy Spirit. Guide us to pray. Help us realize that it's not a religious formula. It's not a step-by-step, but it's a relationship with you that changes and shifts through different seasons that we might be in. So for whatever season each person today who's wanting to commit to that prayer life with you is in, I thank you. You meet them where they're at. You teach them to pray. And that even today, even if they have a fully loaded schedule, you will just teach them and give them a moment to be still, to pray, to seek you, to hear your voice. I know as we make this commitment, Lord, a month from now, from this day, we're all gonna be able to say that we are experiencing greater levels of prayer because we have changed from simply practicing it for the sake of it, but actually to achieve the purpose of intimacy with you, Lord. So thank you, Holy Spirit, you teach us and equip us. We thank you, it's in your mighty name we pray, Jesus, amen. And just while our eyes are closed, Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, subscribe to our podcast and find us on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you would like to give to our church, go to myc3church.ca. See you next week.